0: Every week, we chat to ex-players, supporters and invited guests here on Belmont Banter. Welcome to
1: the official podcast of Whitstable Town FC, whose main club sponsor is Fibertech UK Limited. Hello again, everyone. Well, you'll be delighted to know that I've got Jeff Record back with me. I say delighted because when he did his first one, It was so well received and we had lots of comments about it. So, uh, Jeff, welcome back, mate. How are you doing?
0: Yeah, I'm pretty well, thanks, Tony. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I really enjoyed the uh, first part of it. And uh, some of the questions that you asked me really did open up a can of worms in terms of my football memory. And, uh, you know, that's pretty much why we're doing sort of part two. That's
1: what we're doing part two for, yeah. Yeah. we did finish up when you were telling me all about... uh, Ernie Batten's uh, taking back the reins, as it were, and progressing the club forward. And then you stepped aside. But you you want to go back a bit further than that. You want to tell me a few stories about town and, and other clubs, don't
0: you? Yeah, if, if, if we've got the time to do it. I mean, yeah, one story in particular um, is a bit of a long one, and I'll try and condense it down the best I can. So, I mean, where, where would you like me to start? Do you, with home Bay or would you yeah, like...
1: Go, go with home Bay.
0: Yeah, OK. Um, well, when I was first was appointed manager, as I said in the previous interview, I was really nervous about it because I had to go and get a whole new team. And coinciding with that, um, that was John Bathurst's first season as chairman, because Mickey Todd and his family, who had supported Irn Bay over the years, um, financially, he went at the same time as Tom, uh, as Tommy Sampson, so it was new to John, it was new to me um, we had to appoint new secretary as well uh, fixture secretary club secretary so it was a real start again job and then of course the, 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 the playing budget that I had was, was, was enough to give someone a little bit of pet, petrol money really and, and no more than that So while I'm contemplating what I was going to do really in the summer in terms of drawing up a list of players, I had a phone call totally out of the blue and I never did get to the bottom how the local newspaper, got hold of this particular number because I was round at me auntie's house doing some decorating for her. And the phone went. I was the only one there. So I picked it up. And it was, I can't remember if it was the Urn um, Bay Times or the Gazette or, or, or wherever it was, but they said to me, um, they said, um, oh, we've had a report of uh, a youngster in the Urn um, Bay car park uh, being set alight. What are you going to, what are you going to do about it as a club, and what comments have you got to make? And, and, and I've never forgotten it. And I said to him, I said, well, I don't know anything about it. I said, I said um, really, you should speak to John Bar first, really, or Rowley or Billy, one, one of the directors there, uh, and, and get him. Well, we, we've tried that and one's not available and the other two are on holiday. So we want to know what you've got to say. <laughs> no, no, I said, well, I said, you know, first of all, you know, we're going to have to get the police involved if someone's been been set alight, you know, uh, on, on, on Irn Bay's football ground. Um, I said, and of course, then we'll, we'll get in touch with families and and stuff like that, and and we'll we'll try to make you know a, a, a good representation on on behalf of them by football club. I said, but you know, I said you really need to speak to John when he comes back. Anyway, that was that was our finally put put him off, and when they all returned, what the resulting action was that the young lad in question had got one of those. Parker Coates, it was a new coat, he he lived quite close by, I don't know who the lad was, and one of his mates um, had lit up a cigarette and a burnt hole in it that was about about a quarter of an inch in size. So that turned out to be what it was, you know, but my my heart was all the flutter, I thought, I'm supposed to be the football manager, not not getting involved in a bit this. So that was the first thing. The the, the second thing was... um, Irn Bay had a player out of contract, um, Scott Appleton, really good player for Irn Bay, um, and Tommy Sampson, and a great, great lad. Anyway, he went down to uh, deal with Tommy. And, of course, because he was under 24, he was under the Bosman ruling. So John phoned me up and said, look, we need to get something for Scott Appleton. He said, what do you you know about the Bosman ruling?" And I'd heard of it, but I said, well, absolutely nothing. Nothing. So we had to do a load of research into that, you know, the ins and outs of what we were entitled to. And this was before I I, I got round to putting a side together. So that happened pretty much in the first two weeks of me being appointed. So I I always felt that these sort of things have always stuck in my mind because they're they're a bit unusual, certainly for for the time you're talking about over 20 years ago, you know. So... After that, I got on with building a side and, and put the side together and, um, and, and was faced with all the ups and downs of trying to get a player um, and, and stuff like that. And um, eventually I did it, got the season underway. And the main story that I, I want to come to is we won two or three games in the FA Cup and progressed on um, out of preliminary rounds, and, uh, and we, we were doing quite well, and we drew Farnham away, and we went up there. We in the first game, because this is quite a long story, now. so in the <laughs> first game we drew. We were two nil up. We were playing all right, but 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 they weren't that good, and, and we were just about. We deserved our two nil lead. Anyway, in the second half, we had an absolute. Nightmare, and, and and pretty much w- were poor, and we ended up drawing two all. But I was quietly confident that in the replay that we'd we'd be okay, get them down to the Winchester Field. So in the replay on the Tuesday night, the conditions were were were, were diabolical because while I was manager, there, we always played in three inches of mud at Earn Bay. It, it was quite poor, but the club needed to generate money. So, you know, we always managed to, to get it on. But this particular night in the replay, the, the, the weather conditions were absolutely terrible. Now, we had Andy Thompson sent off. We were 2-1 up. Although we were down to 10 men, it was it was a reasonably comfortable 2-1. And I, and I had visions of us being all right. And we got to about the last 15 minutes of the replay and the floodlights went and they couldn't they couldn't get the floodlights back on after numerous attempts for about half an hour but they just couldn't get them on so that was abandoned so that was the second game the third game where they had to come come back again to Winchesterfield now that was played on a Monday night for some reason because we had the replay and we were getting close by then to the next round. They came back on a Monday night. Once again, it was the most horrendous conditions that that you could possibly imagine, imagine with strong wind, rain, again, three inches of mud. And so that's the third game. Now, during the build up to that, Martin Collins, I think played for Mm Whitstable. He was my centre-half. And yeah, he was a good player, Martin, and a great great lad as well. And he phoned me during the afternoon and he said to me, I'm not going to make the kick-off, he said. He said, the earliest I can get there is just before half-time because I've been delayed at work. So I thought to myself, even before we started, I thought, well, Martin's quite important to us. So I'd almost made up my mind that I was going to bring him on at half-time. So I put him on the... On the bench and then we got to half time and i think i might have took anthony bar first off i think he started and i put martin on so we go out for the second half and although i didn't realize it at the time and nobody said anything none of the officials asked if there had been a substitution made. right now we didn't know this and didn't pick up on it until Way after the game, so in the heat of the moment, Martin's gone on. Andy Barfus has come on, come on at half time, uh, come off at half time rather. Martin Collins has gone on. So we started the second half, and things have got underway. And the game um, was really di- being dictated to by the conditions. And then I think we went one 0 up. Um, they made it one all, and then as the game wore on, um, I put Ernie Batten on, I put Gary Pullen on, all ex witchable players, by the way. And then, during the latter stages of the game, there must have been barely a couple of minutes left of normal time. My left back Gary Ware, who was a London lad, he had to come off, he got injured. And I genuinely forgot that I made a substitution at halftime. Right? I genuinely forgot it. Nobody else had realised, not anyone in the crowd, the officials, the opposition, the players, no one. And I put, instinctively, I put a young lad, uh, Donny Zachariah on. So by that time, Four substitutions have been made. Each time i have gone, it's all gone through the linesman and everything else, you know. So at that point, I still don't realise. Nobody, nobody realises. And then during the extra time, it remained at a stalemate, and um, it went to penalties. Now, about a minute or so before the end of extra time, I was sitting on the I was sitting on the bench, leaning forward. And um, I was just looking around, Steve Brown, my assistant, the play was down the other end, and I saw John Barthurs marching along the touchline, right, in, in about three inches of mud. Was, it was raining hard, and I thought, I looked up at him, and then I sort of looked again, and thought, what's he doing? He's coming over, coming over here. And he poked his head around the corner, and he went, Jeff, he said, why have you put four substitutes on? And I looked at him and I thought, oh, no, I have. So i got up, I said, listen, Brownie, I said, you need to take control of the penalties now. I said, this is going to have major consequences. I said, I'm just going to take myself away back into the dressing room. You can sort out the, the penalty takers and stuff like that. So I took myself away and I thought, well, in the two or three minutes I had away, I thought, well, I'm going to have to resign after this. I mean, I can't, there's nothing else for me to do. You know, no one's going to accept my explanation on it. Anyway, the lads, the lads, they went on to win the penalty shootout 5-4 uh, on penalties. On, on penalty. Oh, uh, what are we doing? I think it was 3-2. We won, we won the penalty shootout 3-2. Ernie scored a penalty, Gary Pullen scored a penalty, you know, um, so, we had all the drama uh, of all that. So, then the referee blew up, you know, it was the end of the game. Everyone was happy. We, we've gone, we're going to go through the next round. So, me and John, all the lads went back in the changing room, me and John Barthas together, and I uh, got together. And I said, well, look, we're going to have to go and tell the ref, because the ref don't even know, right? So, I said, how, how did you realise? He said, well, I was sitting next to Colin Boswell. Who was an absolute legend, didn't he, Colin? He served in football and uh, was very well respected up at the FA. Um, he said he was the only one that that realised what had happened. He said, and he told me and Tommy Sampson, who was there on the night, he said, and then now I came and told you. He said, and then I remember John, he said to me, he said, but you, you generally didn't know, did you? I said, no. I said, oh, I'd forgotten all about Martin because he's always in my side and always picking, um, although that's no excuse, by the way, have not been out of count, but that, that's that's the truth of the matter. The truth of the matter. So we've gone in to see the referee, knocked on his door. Now he come from South End, and on the night, he was really good. You couldn't fault him at all on, on his decision-making, on um, being able to get through, get the game done in such atrocious conditions so and i'll never i'll never forget this as well tony i we went in there he said yeah what is it gentlemen and i said look ref i said i said i've made a genuine mistake here there's been four substitutions made and he just looked at me and he put his head in his hands
1: whitstable town football club's main sponsor is fibertech uk limited
0: me, myself, and John didn't know what the consequences were going to be for him at the time, because I'm taking all the all the blame for it. Yeah. He just put his head in his hands and he said, "Okay, gentlemen, you said leave it with me. Thank you very much." And that was it. We walked walked out. I went back into the dressing room, <clears throat> told all the lads what had happened, and said that I was going to offer to resign. <clears throat> you know, there's a few of them were 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 furious the fact that I was even considering resigning, when they were so supportive because they realised that that was a genuine mistake. You, yeah. you 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 can't get away with making a uh, an error like that. So the lads totally accepted it, and John said, "Well, we'll, we'll consider we'll consider that," and that's how it was left for the night. Um, only for Farnham to be quite aggressive, saying that I cheated. I did it deliberately, you know, we want to go through to the next round. We'll be back in the FA immediately um, and, 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 and we'll, have to, we'll we expect to go through. So once the, um, i had gone home, I was, I told you about doing shift work. Now. I got up early the following morning. I mean, I didn't, I didn't sleep a wink, you know, I felt terrible. I got up for him, I turned on the TV Colonel Sky Sports, it's it's plastered all over there. <laughs> that there'd been an error made in an FA Cup game, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, and although they didn't have full details, and it's it's going to be with the FA. Then that particular day, John got in touch and said, Look, we we we've got to go to a meeting. Um, I think Bill went with him, Billy went with him and 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 John just sent to him. Because I was working, I couldn't get off work the next day. So we've got to go up, I think it was at Lancaster Gate then in them days, yeah. So he said, we've got to go up there and, uh, and make a presentation. Uh, and we, We've got to find out what's going what, to happen. Um, so John put together a really good case um, based on the fact it was a genuine mistake by all, part, by all parties, including the officials. Um, of course, Farnham far continued to be quite aggressive with it, saying that they'd been cheated. I was cheating, Blah, blah, blah. You can imagine it all. Mm-hmm. And um, the the result of that was, we admitted what, what had happened, but the FA viewed it a little bit differently. They viewed it that the error was made by the referee and the linesman. And they pretty much took the can for the whole episode. Mm. And, and, and because of that, their, their decision was that the game should be replayed, should be replayed at Farnham with Earn Bay picking up all the associated expenses of putting that game on. Of course, Earn Bay and John were, were delighted with that because it gave us a chance to go into the next round. The, the money we got for being in that round was more than enough to cover anything like that. So, the fourth game, and in between time, by the time we got to the fourth game, uh, John had said that they weren't gonna accept my resignation, they'd like to continue because they considered considered me an honorable man, and it was a genuine error, genuine mistake. So we've done the, done the fourth game, and in that fourth game, we were absolutely terrible. In all the other games, we, we were a better side. That game, we was absolutely diabolical. Um, and we went one nil down and was labouring through. So I made some, I made some substitutions again. <laughs> but this time, it was only one. I put on Ernie Batten. At the age of 42, 42 he was then. And he said, he said, what do you want me to do? I said, well, get up front. He said, I said alongside Danny Stanton. He said, I said, but we're going to need a goal. You've got to get me a goal. Off you go. So he went out there. This was with about 20 minutes to go, I suppose. 15, 20 minutes to go. Anyway, another five minutes, still 1-0 down. They get a penalty to make it 2-0. And I'm thinking, oh, no, here we go. I'll, you know, I'm, I'm going to get, you know, candy again if we, get, if we actually lose this. So they get a penalty. Lad t- steps up and he smashes it high over the bar and wide. Now, Farnham's ground had a stand behind Gareth Williams was our keeper. Excellent ball keeper. Good lad and a good keeper for me, he was. Um, and he threw himself to his left. And as he come out of his dive... The ball hit an advertising uh, board high on the stand and it came back at one bounce and as he came out of his dive, he, he, he caught it on after the first bounce. He put it down for a goal kick because the time's getting on now. He put it down for a goal kick. Now, they, they were in a bit of shock and people was slow to recover from this and get back to the halfway line. Gareth took it really early. It's gone up. Danny, their centre-half missed it. Danny Stanton ran onto it, nodded it in front of himself and then run through, ran the keeper, one all, All within the space of about 30 seconds, right? So, we're looking at 2-0 now, and now it's one all. Now, with about a minute left, Danny Stanton goes down the left-hand side. He crosses it about four yards from the goal. It goes past the fast post, and in comes running early, and he side-footed it in the opposite corner. We had to play about another minute or two, and it was all over, and we won two, two one, and went for it the next round. Yeah, yeah. So wow. what an experience that was. And I've been able to explain that as though it happened last week. You know. They stay with you, don't they? That one, that one, it, it definitely. And, and funny enough, um, I listened to Steve Sodge's um, podcast. Yeah. And typical Steve, he played in them games. For me. Yeah. And when, when, he, when he did his podcast with you, I thought he got a couple of things wrong. Because it was me who brought him to Earn Bay, because I knew him when he played for John Roseman at Sheppey. Oh, right. And, and Razor, uh, Ray Abagai played for me as well at Earn Bay. Oh, right. And Ray and told me that Sodge was looking for a club. So I gave him a ring and that's how he came to earn bay. And then of course a couple of season later he signed for for uh, for Whitstable. But he oh, played in that game. Well, I phoned him up and I reminded him it was you
1: yeah. and not, uh, not
0: John. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, good. yeah. so he he uh, he that's might a good be, one. Yeah, yeah. So when he said about first playing for John Roseman, I mean he might be right that it was at Cray Wanderers, but yes. um I seem to remember that I played, you know, when I told you I played for John Roseman at yes. Sheppey. When, when I was sort of all thir- about 36, and Steve played that particular season. But, uh, but yeah, and then he followed me down to Moon Bay and he uh, he, uh, he he played in that game. Um, you know, and he, he, he was all right. He was all right. Uh, Good lad. Steve, he, he, he used to lose his concentration though a lot, you know, yeah. during a game. And uh, in that game, I'll, I'll never forget it, me and Steve Brown hollered him. He was at centre half, he went up for a corner. We had in the corner and they cleared it, went down our end and, and, and it went for a corner for them. So we thought we were looking at we were looking at everyone picking up before, hey, Sodge. We looked up and he hadn't come back from the corner. He was standing on the halfway point. We went, Sodge, they got a corner. And he went, ah, oh. and he went running <laughs> <laughs> back to pick up. So um yeah, so what an experience. That was a good one. That was a good
1: going
0: point. through that. that You've like, got one or two tales about Whistler as well, haven't you? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I've missed out so many players, good players that, that I've played with. Um, you know, like Sammy Spencer was an attacking midfield player in the days where, you know, um, in that era, if he was in centre of the midfield, first thing that you'd be thinking about is, can I beat someone? You know, can I pass it forward? You know, and he was, he was only a little fella, but he was strong, he was really, really a good player. Peter Vane, Trevor Timms, Wayne Godden, who, yep. who managed Wichita Ball. Yes. You know, was a very good left back. Grant Gallagher was a really good um, wide player that could beat a man and cross it. Um, unfortunately, um, Grant had, I think he had an Achilles injury um, while he was at Wichita Ball, And he never really played as much as he should have done. But I think he had a couple of seasons there. Um, of course, Carl Rolls, Tony Darren, um, and Neil Davy. I don't know if you remember Neil Davey. Yes. Sir. He, um, used to play for Herne Bay and Ramsgate. Yeah. and uh, and he was there for a couple of seasons. Um, in the first two seasons that I was there, and I'll never forget, he was a streaker finish, uh, Neil. But he was a, when he got in his stride, he was a stride. He was a very hard to stop really strong player, could strike a good ball, but he used to, when there was a goal kick for the opposition, he used to drop off a lot, a really long way. And I, I was at centre-half looking to go and win a header from the goal kick, and he'd sort of be in the centre-circle and I used to go, to, he push up, push up, and he, he didn't used to listen. Anyway, one day at the Belmont, these were in the days where the where the goalkeepers used to reach the halfway line, maybe six yards into your half. Now they can go from, kick it from box to box if they want. Yeah, go, different, they? Ball, different ball. So anyway, this goalkeeper, he took, he took the took the kick and it's dropped in the central circle and Neil's dropped off and he volleyed it, right? Straight back at the keeper and it flew It flew, I've never seen a goal like it. It flew in without bouncing, just whistled past the keeper. He was still, he was still coming out of his goal kick. You know, the, the action from taking the goal kick. So uh, I've never forgot that. Um, so what a great goal that was! Um, and of course, other other players like Stevie Kearns played for which Though it was near the end of his career, he's a big, got a lot of weight in Steve. But I played with him at Sheppey, and he was a good player. Um, you know, hard player, but he, he could, he could play, uh, currency. So, um, and all these people have all represented Whitstable in a really good and great, uh, way. Um, another mate of mine, uh, had a couple of seasons down here, Steve Reed, who, who was a really committed, uh, strong running player, a brave player. Um, and he, 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 uh, he did well, um, for Whitstable, um, and I always remember him scoring a goal in the, in the Irn Bay wichtable Derby that was on a New Year's Day. And he liked a night out, Steve, to say the least. So I said to him, I said, look, Steve, I said, I'll, I'll pick you up in the morning. He was a single bloke at the time. I said, I'll pick you up in the morning. I said, I think it was a morning kickoff." And I said, so I know you're going to go out. I said, but as a skipper, don't be late, you know, and just, you know, Just um, take it a bit easy with drink and stuff like that. So anyway, I picked him up early in the morning, give him a two, no, no really. And I thought to myself, oh no, he's gone out like, New Year's Eve, and he ain't got up anyway. Another two, and all of a sudden he came out. Now we're late, I've I've just said to him, you know, we can't be late to the local Derby. So now we're late, and he's come flying out. And he'd been to a fancy dress and he was still in a fancy dress costume of a leopard skin outfit with a tail hanging out that, that was waving about about four foot behind, behind him. So I, he said, he said, come on, let's go. I said, Steve, I said, I can't take you down like that. He said, we'll have to, he said, otherwise we'll be even later. So I drove him down in his leopard skin outfit. I'll never forget, we walked across the pitch you know, all the lads were in absolute raptures of laughter. And the funny thing about it was he was sub on the day. He said, well, I knew I'd be sub. He said, I knew I'd be sub. He said, so, so I did go out last night. So anyway, Peter Merritt put him sub. He came on and he only scored. <laughs> he only scored as well. So oh, every now and again, I'll see him and I'll have a good chat to him about it. But all that's on the more Brilliant. humorous on the on a serious side I, I can't believe that i forgot to mention that i think it was in our second season that i was down there uh again under peter merritt and Mal- malcolm aesley we went on a 10 game unbeaten run and didn't concede a goal during those 10 games now wow. i mean that that was unbelievable we had a few draws we won the majority of them we had a couple of draws um, during that, but, I mean, I would be surprised if any Wichita side has gone 10 games or more without letting a goal in. They, they may have done, yeah. but I thought that was an extraordinary... Who was choice. the keeper? I think the keeper was Paul Lawrence, Kipper Lawrence, uh-huh. which who I see every now and again. If ever I pop over to Fabsham, he's quite often over there. So, um, yeah, and the funny thing about it, when we talk about that, um, he remembers it as well. And uh, I think on the 11th game, I think we had a one-all draw, and I think it was against Favisham, and he let one go underneath his body. (laughs) I remember him getting absolutely slated for that. (laughs) And that was it. Yeah, so, yeah, 10 games, that's uh, that's quite an achievement. That's
1: incredible, isn't it? Yeah. uh
0: was, was Dave Gere part of your um, time? Oh, 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 Dave Gere, again, what a good player. What a great bloke. Um, last time I saw Dave was um, at Bruce Smith's funeral. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: yeah, and we had a good chat. Um, yeah, brilliant bloke. Um, again, he was. I think he was at Margate. Um, it was either Margate or Folkestone when I told you about that era when I was at Dover. Yes. So I did know a Dave um, before before uh, he eventually joined Bristol. But yeah, I love playing with Dave. What a character. Oh, what a character!
1: I'll tell you what. I remember one time with Dave. We were FA Cup game and uh, I don't know where he lived up the line somewhere, Chatham or somewhere like that. We had to pick him up on the coach and he missed the coach. So then he wanted to book a taxi. To meet us at the ground, I think the taxi at the time cost
0: about thirty quid. <laughs> I uh, were some over there, but he's a character, wasn't he? Yeah, he was brilliant. He, but I mean, you don't get players like Dave Gear and, and and I mean, although Gary Miller didn't um, play for which one, I don't think, but I was at I was at um, Dover with Gary Miller um, and Lenny Lee. Um, oh, was it? I think it was John Scott you know, you don't get players like that. They're, they're, they're no. great, great players, and, and you know, I mean, they used to get sent off, especially Geary, totally out of the blue. He, he'd get sent off. For a he'd lose it, wouldn't he? Late tackle or something, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah they're brilliant, brilliant yeah. people. Really good
1: fun. Really when, uh,
0: when, when we had Tony Darren on one side, who played the other? Cool. Oh, that was after a few seasons. I think think it might have been. I think Ricky Harris had a spell at Whitstable. Um, it was either him or maybe Grant Gallagher. Yeah. It wasn't, at time,
1: it wasn't at a time when Mark Jackson was in the side, was
0: it? Was no Mark... that that was that was almost me last season when um, Mark Jackson broke into the side and Scott Drake. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there was a young centre half. I can't remember his name now. Um who came into the side as well. Uh, Jimmy Pickard, I think it was. Oh, yeah, Jimmy,
1: young Jimmy. Yeah. I love Jimmy.
0: Yeah, it's good Yeah, yeah. Those three were starting to get more games under one Gordon. And like <laughs> I said to you, I was, I was sort of 35, 36. I was coming to the end of my, my time at Wichita then. End. So, <laughs> but I enjoyed playing with that. I mean, Mark Jackson went on to great things in non-league football, you know. Um, went on to play at a much higher level than the, uh, than the Kent League. I think he went he went to gravesend and you know i think he jumped up two or three leagues
1: i'm not oh. surprised quality player. yeah
0: no he's a good player really good player we had yeah. john crab as well um now um amazing pit Merritt signed john crab an ex-pro from southampton had, had a great non-league career again he was in his mid-thirties he it, you know he was at the latter part of his career but w- what a good good player um he was you know yeah Oh
1: some quality that's been really great today again. You've you've really tweaked the memory uh seeds again. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's unbelievable. Some and, of the
1: names.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, w- when I when I um took the Sheppey job, um Sammy Pratt played for me. He played for me at Herne Bay, Sammy pratt and um, oh. but yeah, yeah. And and then I signed him um at Sheppey and he'd done ever so well. I knew he was gonna be a good player, Sammy. He had an eye for goal. He had a change of pace, um, but he was always very injury prone because when, he, when I took him to earn Bay, um, he was probably only about 19, something like that, and he, he kept getting groin injuries and hamstring injuries, things like this. Um, so, um, when I'd gone from Irn Bay, um, I took him to Sheppey with me. He did, he did really well and uh, was knocking in a few goals. And of course, <clears throat> that took him on uh, he started to get noticed then, Sam, and yeah. then that took him on to uh Wichita Ball. And as far as I know, I think he did quite well at Wichita Ball. But well, it's a shame. he was always an injury home player, you know. Um yeah, so when I when I took on the Shepley job, there was again there was a couple of unusual things happened to me then. Um I had some decent players, uh Mickey Cloak, who won the league. Under Steve Brown at Furness, um, Gary Pullum played. Danny Twin, uh, I signed him. He got released from Gillingham, um, and he went on to have a good career in non-league football. Danny Twin, mainly at the uh, a lot of London clubs, you know, he, he played for. Um, and then um, we drew a team called Bat Sports in the FA Cup. Yeah, and. We went down there. I think they were out of Hampshire. And um, we went down there and we drew nil-nil, I think. So we took them back to Bourne Park at Sittingbourne for the replay. And it was one all after extra time. And I had a few injuries that night, so I put myself down as sub. And with about five minutes to go of extra time, we had a lad get injured and he had to come off. So I'm, I'm telling him to stay on just to see it out. Yeah. And Ernie back, my assistant, he's digging me in the ribs saying, go on, go on. He said, you've got to go on. He said, just go on in centre midfield. He said, you know, win a few balls. And, and if it goes to penalties, you know, you, 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 you'll, be, you'll be involved in the penalties. Because I used to take penalties for Sheppie and Wittster. So I said, I said to him, I said, yeah, and I said, well, I ain't played for years. So <laughs> it's all about you telling me to get out there." So anyway, eventually I had to. And I ran around for five minutes. I had one touch of the ball and it was handball. I'll never forget it. <laughs> and, and they had a free kick. We got a wall up and they, they missed the target. And, and the referee blew up for the end. So it was going to go to penalties. So I got all the lads together. Bearing mind, I ain't even had a kick yet. So we've named all the penalty takers, and he said, Well, you've got to take one, Jeff. He, I said, I said, I said, all right then. So I said, I'll take the last one, thinking that it was all going to be over by I'll then. Finish. Yeah, all we'll finished. So I said, I'll take the last one. So we've we've scored, Dave scored, we've scored, Dave scored. So it ended up, it ended up at, at uh, I think it was four all. One of their lads has taken the next penalty, their last penalty. He's missed, and now I've got to, I've got to take the last penalty for us to go through to the next round. So I put it down a spot, and I thought, oh, I'm just gonna just gonna hit this as hard as I can. So I stepped up and I cracked it right in the top left hand corner, and it went right in the right in the corner, and we ended up winning five four on penalties. You know, wow.
1: Um,
0: so that was. That was an un- unbelievable night, really, for that to happen. And that was my first kick of the, kick of the ball when I, you know, when I put myself on.
1: Well, unfortunately, I'm time sensitive on this, and we've got to leave it there, Jeff. I'd love to carry on, but we're going to get cut off if we do. Um, what I'd like to do, perhaps, is maybe get you and Ernie on together. Well, how, how do you think that would work?
0: Cool. Yeah, that that'd be great. Yeah, if you could
1: do that, I'd be pretty. Yeah, we'll sure. Have you contacted um, him yet? No, not yet. You give me all his details. So after Christmas,
0: I'll, yeah. um,
1: I'll, we'll get it sorted out.
0: I'll just, yeah,
1: that, I'll just stay where you are. I'll just finish it. Yeah. Okay, chaps, that's uh, that's about it from us. And uh, thanks to Jeff again for a really, really entertaining uh, 40, 40 minutes of really down memory lane. I think that's the best way to put this down memory yeah. lane. It's been great. Yeah, yeah. For me. I hope you've enjoyed it, Jeff. Yeah, I I certainly have. And yeah. um,
0: we'll, we'll speak again, mate. Cheers, thank yeah. you.
1: Okay, thanks a lot. Whitstable Town Football Club's main sponsor is FiberTech UK Limited. They are providers of optical fiber services to the telecoms industry, specializing in optical fiber provision, local and long haul. We offer a full turnkey solution to our clients throughout London and the South of England. Contact us through the website for more details.
0: Your host Tony Rouse, every week on Belmont Banter for news about local football in Kent and beyond.
1: I do hope that you've enjoyed today's episode of Belmont Banter. Don't forget, there's a new episode out every week, which comes out on a Sunday night, early Monday morning. And you can leave your suggestions for a guest to invite at the end, and leave a like. And don't forget to pass it on to all your mates. Cheers.